Welcome to Maestros On Air, presented by the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra, recorded at Maestros Cafe, located at the Brevard Central Library and Reference Center in beautiful Cocoa, Florida. Maestros On Air is a discussion of culture, news events, and life on the Space Coast, and highlights the music concerts, and personalities of the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. Today's show features President of the Symphony Board, Eric Lee. Now your host, SESO Director of Communications, Bill Trudeau. Top of the morning to you. Top of the morning to you, Bill. Man, there is that pirate thing again. I know, it's unbelievable, isn't it? You're the, uh, what do you call it, the original pirate. I'm the king of pirates. Yeah. I'm the pirate king. Well, top of the morning to you, Jeremy. Yes, hello, and I am the very model of a modern major general. Yes, yes. you're a fine, a fine American. You're a we? fine American. And why don't you uh, tell us about our special guest we have today? Well, we have a very special guest the principal clarinetist. Oh, extraordinaire. Extraordinaire. Oh, very Ooh, fancy. I like that. Yes. Very fancy. Jennifer Royals. Hello. Lady, ladies Good and gentlemen. Morning. Yes. Top uh, of the night. morning. Arr, top Arr. of the morning. <laughs> we we love do, pirates. I know we could do a national uh, pirate day every day. You know, we should. Oh, yeah. who, who doesn't Talk love like pirates? a pirate day. Exactly. I love pirates. Jeremy, you love pirates? Uh, you know, uh, a dose. Have yeah, you ever dressed dose. up like a pirate? Uh, no, but now I'm I'm expired. I'm in, uh, I'm not expired, but I'm, <laughs> hopefully I'm inspired. Maybe I'll uh, dress up as a pirate for this Halloween. No, you that's should. good. I'm not sure, but I think Aaron. Do you think Aaron li- likes pirates? Well, well, he's a fan of the Tap- Tampa Bay Buccaneers, so oh, he should. So he's got to like yeah. some kind of like pirates. pirates. Aye, Captain. Arr. I like that. Yeah, we have a very interesting show for you today. Uh, obviously, our special guest Jennifer Royals is here. Uh, we have a very uh, in-depth show, but we uh, when it, when we go back and take a look at the concert that we just ended the season with, we have Symphony for Good to talk about. A bunch of clips, right, Jennifer? Yes. Yeah. You yeah. Love so them. Jennifer's been like burning. Up uh, my computer, like sending, and I was <laughs> looking up to. I was going in the archives. We got all sorts of stuff. That's good. That's good. We have upcoming, um, an upcoming summer concert series, right, which the is very new exciting. season starts in a couple of weeks. So yeah. I'm very excited about that. So now, we'll be talking about that later. You're right. Imagine that we ended the season right this past weekend, right, and we're starting a brand new season in, in like just uh, a two week weeks? from now. It's a, yeah, it's yeah amazing, I got the wrong notes. I thought this was going to be a retrospective of the last season, but now you're saying we're going to be looking forward it's to both. them. Oh, it's all it's in both. one. It's amazing. Right. It's, it's pretty cool. It's going to be amazing. It's buy one, time. get one free. Yeah, you can't beat that. <laughs> I like that, two for one. Yeah. I know. I, I, here, here's, here, we're going to put this out there. If anybody does not enjoy the show, we will give them their money back. You know what? That's uh, that's not a bad idea, Jeremy. I like that. I yeah, like I think that. that's a great idea. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We don't charge guarantee. for the show. It's free. So. Really? We'll give them twice their money back. Right. There oh, you that's go. even better. Two that's right. times the money back. Money back uh-huh. guarantee. I you gotta like love that. that. I like that. Yeah. So this this last concert, the last concert of the season. It was great, wasn't it? Yeah. How exciting was oh. that? Tell, tell us a little bit about the prep. What does it take to put something like that together? Very scary. Wouldn't you say Holy it's scary? Holy cow. It's very, yeah, you have to be very focused. Yeah. Very strenuous. I lost a little bit of my focus on Sunday, but that's another... We'll get to that. Well, you had a problem with um, with one of your valves. Well, yeah, like right? Thursday oh, night. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I forgot. Thursday night, the rehearsal, like, I looked at the 
like I looked uh, 20 till 10, <laughs> the Almost second bell <laughs> like comes apart. I'm like completely panic. So then I'm like trying to, you know, fix the tuba. Luckily, you know, uh, on also Sprock, we have two tubas. So I gave the second tube, I gave him the first part here. If something comes up, start playing. <laughs> did the spring jump out? Oh my God. It scared me. Where did the spring go? <laughs> well, the spring then, but just the linkage, you know, came. Linkage. Game undone. The linkage. What do you think about that, Jennifer? The linkage. That's great. Yeah, well, at there? least nothing popped this? into his face. I was there, but you know, you're you're in your music and yeah. up at watching Aaron. There's you're no no zone. time to wonder what's happening on a piece like that, anyways. Right. Did Some it sound pieces. weird? Um, no, I honestly didn't even notice. Huh. So his student must have done a great job filling yeah, he, in. Yeah, he's um, his name is Ian Lazan. He's a student at uh, Vero Beach High School. He's part of our mentorship program. He did a great job this weekend. I mean, it's like a real baptism yeah. by fire. I know, playing. that's a big piece to come in also as a sophomore in high school yeah. Yeah. and play. He did, a, he did a great job. Big concert. Really? Yeah. Ian really. Lazan. Right, did a great job. You're going to expect big things out of him. He's, well, yeah. whether or not he's job. famous, obviously he's still in school. Well, he's he will going be, to be famous with now a name that he's, like on, that. The he's, not yeah. he's on the podcast. But he'll I'm, be famous. You're right. That's true. Ian Lazan. Yeah, he'll be famous now. Okay, that's great. So anyway, so then I'm in a panic Thursday night, and then I'm thinking, I got to get this tuba fixed because I've got an, another tuba. I was playing, you know, the big tuba, and if worse came to worse, I could play the little tuba, but it wouldn't be the same. Oh, that's Aaron not as likes, good for Strauss. No, you, yeah. Aaron likes that big sound. I had a flood. You had a, a valve break. Yeah. So, what happened with you, Jennifer? Um, Anything happened with you? Anything weird? Oh, well, I had to drive to SeaWorld basically for no reason. For no reason? On Saturday morning. Up, you just woke up no, Saturday morning. Sunday morning. I'm going to Sunday SeaWorld. Morning, it Sunday was morning, Sunday morning. Yeah. Well, online it said I had to be there because uh, I got some tickets for my sister-in-law and her family. Hmm. And since I bought them, they said I had to be there with my pass. And they didn't even ask her. So I was pretty disappointed that I drove all the way there for that's nothing. That's a long drive. Like it two was, hours yeah. But that's trooper. nothing like my clarinet falling apart before yeah, a concert. You're a real trooper. So anyway, the, so I'm Friday morning, I'm in a panic. I, first, I go over to Brass and Reed over in Merritt Island. I talk to Charlie. I show him the thing. He says, no problem. I can fix it. He's like right. a real craftsman. He had to custom make like this part. Had it fixed that day. I had it for rehearsal Friday night. Wow. So, He's so great. If, yeah. So if uh, you have a... Shout out to them. Yeah. Like a brass or woodwind instrument. Go to Brass and Reed. And brass who do we ask for? Uh, well, Charlie. He's Charlie. The, he's the main man. So Charlie yeah. at Brass and Reed. Right. And okay. he's open on. Oh, that was Friday when you went. Is yeah, he open he, on Saturdays too? I'm not sure about Saturday. He's definitely open Monday through Friday. But everything you know worked out worked out great. And so. the low brass sounded fantastic. Oh, thank you. So did yeah. the clarinet. It did. You know, everything sounded great. You being the principal clarinetist. How tough is it to whip the other clarinetists in shape? Oh, if you it's, know not what I mean. it's not tough. It's not tough. They're good. Yeah. Occasionally, I'll have to remind them to play out a little bit, but other than that, they Me? they cover cover the bases. That's what I thought. It's I'm good not gonna... to have a really stable section, so you know if you're not you on your a, a big... game, you know they'll they'll pick up for you. Plus, you had a big section, right? You had four. Um, we did have four clarinets. Four clarinets. Yeah, we had Elise and uh, Liz join us on and, E flat and bass, and they did a great and job. And Ron was playing. Yep, and Ron Ron's was a regular. So. Ron is yeah. Ron's a steady hitter. Because how many do you normally have? I mean, normally oh, you have Normally like we'll have two, two, maybe three if there's bass clarinet. So four is but really four unusual. Is, yeah. It's a lot of fun, though. It's I definitely a lot questions. of fun. All right. Yeah, ask I've away. Been working, look, I, I was thinking, okay, what does everybody want to know? And I like to try to ask questions that I think everybody wants to know. Okay. Okay. One big question. Are you ready for this? I'm, I was born ready. Okay. One big question. Jeremy. 
I'm sitting here trying to not look nervous about what's coming next. <laughs> <laughs> I see all that scribbling on your pad. Yeah. Right, he's yeah. like ready to edit. I don't know if you're trying to solve the mysteries full. of the universe or what. But uh, come on, Actually, I'm ready for your first question. It makes better sense if I turn it upside down and read it, just there to let go. you guys know. Yeah, yeah, it's very strange like that. But uh, everybody, I really think, wants to know how did you meet? How did you meet Aaron? Oh, yeah, yeah. that's Everybody a good... wants to know that question. Yeah. No, I mean, I even, I that's a good question. I, I didn't even think about that. that. That's a great yeah. question. That, we just need to put that in the canon where every single time we have a guest on, that's oh, like one of the yeah. first three questions we ask. Really? Good idea. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question, that though, is a good. It? That is a good question, because yeah. I've got a good story about that, too, but you go first. Yeah, she's okay. the special guest. She is a special I'm guest. I'm just kind of like, you know, regular... Okay, pretend like we didn't have this conversation and start over, ask the question. Okay, go. Ask the question? You, ask her the question again. How did you meet Aaron Collins? Well, I'll tell you. Okay, cheesy voice aside, um, one of our mutual friends... <laughs> Insert swelling music here. Yes, uh, Kevin Strang. He is a clarinet player, and he played with Space Coast Symphony for a while. Um, he was... He and I both were doing our masters at the same time at UCF, and he played on my recital, and I played on his recital. And so at his recital hearing, Aaron was there because Aaron composed an E-flat piece for Kevin to play on the recital. So that's when I first met him. Oh, that's cool. Um, and then when he started the orchestra, he asked Kevin, you know, we were playing Mahler 1, and that also used four clarinets, maybe even five. I don't remember. I know there were two E-flat clarinets. There probably was bass clarinet and then two. Really? It's five clarinets? I know it's at least four, wow, quite possibly five. I don't remember. Um, but anyway, so Kevin asked me to come play. So I got to play in the very first Space Coast Symphony concert. That's right. You've and been around quite fantastic. since the beginning. Yeah. The very first. Very so you were first. there at the beginning. I was there at the beginning, yes. But you weren't in the, um, you didn't play the Verity Requiem, the, the pickup. No, not was, beforehand. Okay. But you were in the first concert. I mean, it's yeah. amazing that Mahler. our first concert, we did Mahler 1. I know, right? How <laughs> awesome is that? Yeah. And we did the very first part of Alsa Sprock. Right, that still puts you team. in the founder's class. Yeah. Yes, the you gold are a circle. founder. Platinum the circle. circle. Ooh, I like that. Speaking platinum. of platinum circle, yeah. 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 Speaking of founders... I'd like to uh, say that uh, I just found my breakfast. It just, <laughs> <laughs> you were looking up. for it and couldn't find it. Now you this found it. This is actually like a, I think it's more like a breakfast quesadilla. It yes. smells delicious. It is. It was supposed to be a breakfast burrito. What happened? It, looks, uh, it became it lo- a quesadilla. I've got one too, and I've not uh, put a fork or knife into it yet, but... If I were to guess, I would say this looks very much like a breakfast burrito with uh, the addition of some grilling. Uh, yeah, it's really so good. Who doesn't love a little crunch? It's on really there? good looking. Uh-huh. Yeah, it kind of looks like a quesadilla. It looks that really Joey good. Joey sure outdid himself. Oh yeah, it looks really good. It's yeah. got um, egg, bacon, tomato, pepper. It's got the works. I like how you break down the sandwiches. Well, you know that's important. You know, <laughs> yeah, so people know what they're you know, getting. Because it's not a video. You know, you have to paint a picture for True. people. You know, paint it's very picture. very important. Just like you know, if you're watching, you know, in the old days, you're watching, um, you know football on Thanksgiving and yes. John Madden had the turducken. Yes. You know, the turducken. <laughs> and plus it had extra turkey legs on it. So it would have like a duck or a chicken inside a duck inside a turkey and then it would be like six legs. See, that is just wrong. <laughs> That's great. I would I know, love to have it's one. It's great, but it's wrong. I would love to have one of those. No, Maybe you're mixing make one a whole of those? bunch of like... I've never tried to eat one. No, that it just doesn't sound right. No. Does it sound right to you? Not really. No, I'm a traditionalist. Just give me a turkey great. and call it a day. Well, yeah. there's even great. other ones with like goats. Yeah, you know. Goats. I mean, after a while, you know, and I'm not one of these guys. I feel like I have to, you know, go out and experience different things. Give me new stuff that I can't pronounce. 
look, we have discovered fire. I believe in cooked food, and I believe keeping it simple. Thanksgiving is a turkey. There you go. Yeah. Right? It doesn't need to be stuffed in a goat and a camel no, with no. a chicken and a fish inside no, of it. that's just weird. That's yeah. people that are bored with eating turkey. I'm not bored with turkey. Or they just turkey. have a lot of time. Or they have Maybe a lot of time. Maybe they have too much time, and they I need to fill it with stuffing all these animal carcasses in each other. How do you usually cook your tur- <laughs> turkey? you cook in the oven, or...? Well, thankfully, my mom still enjoys cooking turkey, so I've never actually cooked a really? whole turkey in my life. But she cooks it in the oven, though. Okay. Sometimes I, puts bacon on top. I've been stuffing cooking it in it. the grill for like Ooh, that sounds probably good. like I don't know a whole maybe, turkey. Yeah, like since wow. probably like the late '80s. And how do you early keep it 90s. from getting charred on the outside? Well, really low that's temperature. The, that's the beauty. Of it. <laughs> yeah. Did we ever talk? We talked about the turkey on fire, didn't we? Yeah, Once? Oh. a little bit. When Man we mo- on fire. When we moved back um, up <laughs> Man north, on fire. I, it was. I didn't have a gas grill. Then I had a charcoal grill, and I um, really like it. You know, smoky. So I took the wood and I soaked it in water, so you get like the smoke, right? But I didn't soak it enough in wood. Oh. I mean, in water, the wood and water enough. So then I left up the lid to check on it, and the whole thing just goes. Whoosh. So then Colleen's like upstairs and then she <laughs> sees the turkey on fire. She runs down. She like grabs the blocks of wood, throws them in the snow. In the snow? Oh, you were barbecuing in the snow. Well, yeah, because it's, you yeah. know. I'm picturing your house here, but I no, no, this said is up the north. 80s. Yeah, that's a long well, time ago. Well, this was in the like early 2000s. Okay. okay. When we lived in California is when I started, you know, okay. grilling the turkey. So anyway, it was a little crispy on the outside. I would imagine crispy. so. Were your eyebrows crispy also? No, no, I was That's all right. That's good. I didn't what ruin, eyebrows? I didn't, yeah, what eyebrows? I didn't ruin Thanksgiving. That's good. Well, but maybe good. next, That's you know, nice, this nice year you could uh, talk to your mom about, uh, you know, grilling turkey. Really yeah. gives a, you know, nice... Uh, you know, nice flavor. We so. might should try it before Thanksgiving, though, because my family is one that if it's not right, you know, they'll let everybody know about it. Oh, yeah. Well, you could do <laughs> And like they don't a... like change very much. One time she tried to make different stuffing, and, like, that was the end of the world. Mm. Traditionalists. My kind of yeah. people. Yeah. They like the same thing every year. Me, too. I don't like change. Maybe add in a new thing, but definitely don't take out something that's always been there. Well, you can try the turkey maybe. Another time, yeah. Yeah, maybe, like, in October or something. Yeah, that sounds like good. I'm the kind turkey. of guy, when I go to a restaurant, I get the same thing over and over and over. Whatever it yeah. is. If I find something I like, that's what Just I get all the time. It. Yeah. I have another question for you, Jennifer. All right. What is your favorite instrument? Oh, well, that's kind of a... I love clarinet. Oh, yeah, come sure. On. That's probably my bag. favorite the clarinet? one. Clarinet? Yeah. Are you sure? Could you guess? But although I think the close second would be harp. I really love harp. Wow. Really? Can you play? No. I, well, I should. Here, let me let me rephrase the answer. I can, but I haven't worked on it yet. Hmm. One of my first clarinet teachers, Ivan Wansley, always told me, "Don't ever say you can't. You say you can. You just haven't learned yet." Oh, I like. Which that. I like that. Yeah, because it answer. takes the can't out of your uh, thought process. So, I've never tried harp, so, but I love to listen to it. Ask me if I can sing opera. Can you sing opera? Well, you know, I can, but I just haven't learned yet. Good answer. That's good. <laughs> Same here. Yeah. I stick to the clarinet. That's cool. I like that. That's, yeah. a good, that's a good philosophy. It is a good philosophy. Jeremy, so what's your favorite instrument? Oh, I, I don't like to single anybody out. <laughs> anybody? Well, you know. <laughs> I like that. Well, you know, so you uh, look at instruments like they're persons, little it's persons. Hard, Actually, you know, I, no, I'll tell you, I do have a few that I, I, I love trombone, the sound of a nice, just blaring trombone on a solo. I can see that. I love the tuba, of course. When the strings are in unison, it just sounds wonderful. Uh, but I remember my the very first band instructor when I was in junior high, he said something 
like the first week or two, and it stuck with me ever since then. And he talked about uh, everybody playing their different instruments as we were trying to learn, you know, probably the first song ever that we were learning. And he gave this metaphor and he said, uh, a band or a symphony or an orchestra or whatever, he said, a band is playing this song and you have all these different parts and it's like baking a cake when you when you you baking put the sugar cake. in you put the eggs in you put the flour in you don't want to take a bite and you don't want to taste sugar you don't want to taste flour you want to taste cake so what I'm saying is I like all the wow. instruments because when they come together it bakes into this cake this something that's greater than the sum of the parts I want to change my answer I like all yeah. the instruments too, based well, on what he just said. It's hard to single out just one as you think, you know, I because ev- like the horns, they sound amazing. You know, every instrument contributes. And it's funny because yes. my band director said the very same thing in band. You don't want to take a bite of cake and taste all salt or taste all flour. So I wonder if that's in like the band director, <laughs> it's in the, uh, band the manual, uh, the yeah, handbook. Exactly yeah. The... Well, Eric just stepped back. This is going to be fun. Eric. Yes, sir. Do you like salt, sugar, eggs, or cake? Uh, eggs. <laughs> no cake. <laughs> really? I'm more of a, you know, I'm not, not that much of a, tooth? I'm not that much of a sweets kind of guy. <laughs> Although when I do come to Maestro's Cafe, I always get the French vanilla in my uh, coffee, unless it's the holidays and I get pumpkin spice. Well, ladies and gentlemen, oh. that kind of sums up Eric's take on the love for musical instruments. He likes <laughs> the eggs. So, which instrument would be like the eggs? I don't know. Hmm. Oh, that's a hard. Uh, Maybe the oboe. Point? Yeah, oboe. You like yeah. the oboe, do you? Yeah, oboe is like you know. Probably don't you think like of the woodwinds? That's kind of like the <laughs> cornerstone. Not nothing against the clarinets, but I'm leaving. That's it. I'm out. <laughs> but the oh, oboe is the cornerstone of any. <laughs> well, no, but I mean that was like yeah. first, they had oboes they used, before they had. They did. Yeah, clarinets, before clarinets. So, mm-hmm. so, yeah. And if but the oboe is not in tune, we're all in trouble. Oh, yeah. Then we're going downtown to Chinatown. Oh, oboe, or no, clarinet <laughs> is the cornerstone of any nutritious breakfast. That's right. Right? Clarinet. Is that <laughs> true? That's right. Okay. That's right. Have you had your clarinet for breakfast? No, right now I'm having the uh, <laughs> breakfast quesadilla. <laughs> yes. Oh, this is quite a show. Quite a, yeah. quite a conversation. So, so have we talked about uh, your early development? I had to yeah, step talk away about from it. Yeah, talk about your development. Because you... Well, I started out Beach, as right? a single cell in That's my mother's womb and, and multiplied and divided. <laughs> and then you were born at an early age. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had piano lessons from my, my mom's mom, my grandma, and okay. that was a, a real treat. Each week she would come pick me up and we'd go to dinner first at this restaurant. I think it was called Rax. Hmm. I remember, remember Rax. It had yeah. baked potatoes and sandwiches, kind of like Arby's. We would always get a baked potato. Well, I remember Rax. I like the baked yeah. potatoes. Anyway, yeah. go ahead. We always got baked potatoes and went back to her house and did our nails because we had to have clean hands and nice nails so she would paint my nails any color I wanted and I only got to choose three colors to paint her nails and looking back they were all very translucent really light pinks and wow. now I can understand why because when you're a kid and trying to paint nails usually it goes on your whole finger um, and then we do a piano lesson go back to fundamentals was this here in Florida or are you a Florida native this was here I've I've was born in Vero Beach and I live there now. A Vero Beach gown. Yes. And my Vero mom was Beach. born in Vero Beach, which so that's kind of there, rare. You I, live there now? Yes. Really? I couldn't wait to get out and go to college. And I said, oh, I'm never coming back. But I ended up doing my student teaching in Vero and then just stayed. And it's great. Now when I go visit Orlando, it's fun. But I'm very thankful I don't live there. It's too too much. But anyway, so I don't remember how old. Maybe five, six Well, that's six-ish. great that you started so young. 
on piano. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And we did that for a while. And then I did ballet for a while, which was also lots of fun. Um, And then middle school is when I started clarinet. And actually, like fifth grade? 11. What was that? Seventh grade. Seventh grade. Yeah, it's when you could start when I was a kid. You know, I like ballet, but I just don't see how they stand on their toes like that. Well, the shoe is flat, and then you stuff lamb's wool in the end, so it kind of cushions. Well, I mean, it's the idea that counts, I guess, but that cushion doesn't really do much. A little bit. Anyway. But you have to think, though, you know, the weight of the professional ballet dancers, you know, it's not like any of us putting on ballet shoes and putting our weight on our toes. I've never tried. They're not like NFL linemen, you know. No, they're not. They're quite dainty. They probably weigh like 80 pounds, like soaking wet, probably. But it's interesting, because clarinet was actually not my first choice. I really wanted to play flute, but on, you know, like... Wasn't the tuba? Yeah. (laughs) I didn't want to carry that thing around. Uh, I knew Um, Eric would work it in somehow. Yes. That's kind of interesting. Just, you know, two weeks ago, Dr. Hennessy actually said... His first choice was he wanted to play saxophone. That's right. But they didn't have one available, so they said, okay. here, take this trombone. Right. And it's neat history how, was written. Yeah, how we all get our instruments. But So yeah. I couldn't make a sound on the flute on the uh, middle school band night. Yeah. So my best friend had moved to North Carolina, and she played clarinet up there. And I said, well, she likes it, so I'll try it. Yeah, and then see. she, when she moved back home, she actually switched to flute. Wow. And still oh, plays cool. flute. Yeah. 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 Who knew? Who knew? So here I am now. So you uh, grew up in Vero Beach, and then you went to Vero Beach High School, where I we did. Per- where we performed. Yes, but we did not have that nice, uh, the nice performing arts center yeah. when I was there. Where'd you play back then? Um, it was just like a small was auditorium. It gy- was it in the gymnasium, or we would do some like really big concerts in the gym, but mm-hmm. you know, regular concerts. Were, we had a stage, but it was nothing like, so it was like what there small, is now. Yeah. Okay. So then you graduated from Vero Beach, and then you went to UCF? I went to UCF, uh, did my bachelor's in music education, and then came home and started teaching for a while. Uh, And then I went back to do my master's. I kind of stretched my master's out for a while because I really wanted to start taking lessons again Mm -hmm. because I just missed it. So I started taking uh, lessons as a non-degree-seeking student. But UCF was smart. They only let me do that for one semester, and then they said, well, if you want to take lessons again, next semester you have to, like, apply and pick a degree. So that kind of got the momentum started for my So what did you get your master's in performance? Um, it's the technical name is a master of arts in music, but I kind of got the best of both worlds because when I started it, there was only a master of music education, but as I was doing it, they finished their master of arts in music. So I got a lot of music ed classes, which were great. And then I got a lot of clarinet lessons and performancy type so things. Did you have to give a recital or did you have to write oh, a thesis? Oh, I gave a recital. Yeah. And if I ever go do a DMA, I'll do the recitals, which I think you have to write small, nasty papers with those, but I can handle that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, well, yeah, because then it's called a dissertation. Yeah. that we had, uh, Playing lots doc- of recitals sounds much more right, fun. We had Dr. Hennessy yeah. on a couple of... Yeah. Episode. Did he do a dissertation or recitals? Well, dissertation, because his is a doctor, oh, PhD? PhD in oh, musicology. Okay. Yeah. Yes. yes. And he wrote about the, um, I think it was the history of the Royal Hawaiian Band. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Well, I think if I recall correctly, he had uh, uh, picked out a specific person who had been right. sent over from, was I believe it was Germany, to help uh, right. reestablish. Right. The, it and a, so it was, it, it was less of a generic, you know, because, you know, when you do a dissertation, it has to be very specifically focused and so there was a there was a an angle you know i'm amazed at your memory mine like a trap nothing gets in <laughs> nothing gets out yeah, well yeah mine's like a steel trap it's all rusty and <laughs> jeremy's like no the, no it's intact like the historian intact. of uh, maestros on air yes so 
So then you got your master. So how long were you, was it like a two how year long was program? It in between? Well, no, was it like oh, a two the year? Masters? Was it like a two year program? Well, or? I started that first semester of lessons. I think in like maybe two thousand six. Um, and then they had it, the Master of Music Education set up so you could do three weeks every summer for like three summers mm-hmm. and a few during the school year. So I did the three summers and in between all this, I was having children and being pregnant. Uh, so that was quite fun <laughs> doing that while doing a master's. Um, and then I finally finished in 2009 and I actually didn't even go to my graduation, although I had a 4.0, which I was really proud of wow. for my whole master's. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Uh, but like I was nine days away from having my second child okay, and being you. very pregnant and the thought of driving to Orlando and then sitting for a ceremony for deliver, like three like hours. On the way. Well, I wasn't All afraid right. of delivering. Just It would just be very uncomfortable just to sit and sit and sit and sit. So, yeah, And then the thought the of smart. seeing my pregnant self in a cap and gown, that was not very appealing. Well, that was probably <laughs> a smart like a decision. It, yeah, I think so. It would be an interesting uh, topic for a dissertation as you focus on What's the effect of unborn children when their parents are in an orchestra play and all the vibrations and the sounds? Yeah. And oh, yeah, that's probably be yeah, a Do your kids huh. absolutely love symphony? They do love music. There you go. Well, see, yeah. there you have it. There's your answer, Jeremy. And it's funny, a lot of my students' uh, parents, when they were little, I would still teach lessons mm-hmm. while they were, during their naps. Mm-hmm. And all of the parents were like, how are your kids sleeping through this? Because middle school clarinet is not the most pleasant sounding at right. times. Lots of squeaks happen <clears throat> and right. loud notes. But, you know, I taught all while they were inside of me. So that's, they've just grown up hearing clarinet and right. clarinet. So one plus uh, we were talking about like five again, Ma, come on. <laughs> although I have a funny story about that. Although if you're teaching middle school, it's more like Mary had a little lamb. They're not, yeah. Well, just the sound though, that right. squawky kind of abrasive sound. Yet, so. No, but when we did the terminal, oh, yeah. uh, not that long ago, my mom came and she asked Micah afterwards. She's like, so was, was your mom's song your favorite? He's like, no, I'm so sick of hearing that song. Cause oh, really? he'd just hear me play it all the time practicing. No, I, so. I think we have a clip of the terminal. Oh, we do have a clip of the terminal. Oh. Maybe that'd be a good. Um, why don't you good segue? Set, yeah, why don't you set us up with um, with that? That's uh, from the movie with um, Victor's Tom Hanks. The yes. terminal. Tom Hanks. The terminal. Yes. And that piece Great is movie. written by uh, John Williams. John Williams. Oh, Lots what? of fun. Kind of a little little klezmery. Yeah. When did you fun. When did you play that? What uh, year was it? Do you remember? Because I, I was think, trying to... I think we did it in 2014, okay. and then I think we also did it in 2013. Okay. We did a little recycling of it. Okay. And it's yeah. always nice to get another chance at right. it's things a great, like that. It's a really great piece. It's a lot well, of fun. Let's go.
Yeah, that's a great. That's a really great piece. It is fun. It's yeah. a lot of fun to play. It yeah. reminded me of watching the movie. It was a very unique piece. Yes. Yeah, I like the movie. I thought the movie was neat. It reminded me of the movie as yeah, well. It was really good. And you've played other solos with the orchestra also. Yeah, we did a WC right. piece, right. and that was a lot of fun. Uh, and we did Rhapsody in Blue, which right. wasn't really a clarinet solo, but right, you know, but it the clarinet the opens it. And right. let me tell you, that's probably the most nervous I've ever been to really? play anything in my life. I think because I felt like I hadn't properly learned how to do it, learned for our audience, I'm doing the air quotes, uh, like right. from a teacher. Right. So I just had to start asking friends and watching YouTube videos. And while I was watching YouTube videos, I found one of uh, Ricardo Morales, who's one of the best clarinet players alive right now. Mm-hmm. And somebody asked him, what makes you most nervous? What piece? And that's a piece he said. And I thought, man, if if that makes him nervous, I'm like chopped liver on this. I was pretty nervous, but it came out really, really well. Well, I wouldn't wouldn't have known you were nervous because last night I'm like trying to get some clips together, and that was one of the ones I went into the archives and I, you know, listened to the beginning. It was great. It, so. it, when I heard it, I was like, "That's me." Yeah, yeah. It was really and to good. top it all off, I don't know if you remember, but the first rehearsal in that concert, we only had one rehearsal. Jeffrey Beagle came up to me afterwards, and I don't remember his exact words, but they were basically like, "That was nice, but it was all wrong." And I thought, <laughs> "Oh my goodness, I have like, you know, it's ten o'clock at night. Oh, I have to man. drive an hour home um, because it wasn't." Uh, I had just listened to recordings, but not the recording that he wanted me to listen to. So I had to go back home, listen to it, and like basically change it around. But what do you want you to night. listen to? Like the original? The yeah, Paul the very Whiteman? original. Yes, yeah. yeah. And it was just a little more, yeah, 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 yeah. Kind of like Three yeah, Stooges, yeah. your right, finger right, right. on your nose. Yeah, because um, yeah, that was actually kind of like a jazz band kind of. Eric, yeah. That was Paul nice, Whiteman. but it was all wrong. What he didn't he? say those words, but like that's how I took it. You know, like, oh my gosh. So that just piled on. Uh, the anxiousness well, but on the video i have that thane uh made for me yeah. i was watching him you know because i was focused on him because he is the soloist right, right but after i played he had this big smile on my on his face and i felt like i like just won the olympics with oh, a gold see, medal go. it was great yeah good a good highlight speaking of the olympics uh, oh you, yeah your um your kids were in the uh, this was i think before your time bill yeah it what was a good was three that? years ago maybe what, what, well, it had I think it was 2012 because we bought our house in 2011, right. and it was like shortly after that. Right. So I think 2012 sometime. This, you've seen the video. I've seen the video. We did this Olympic it's video. Awesome. Where yes. Aaron is like running. <laughs> He's concert. doing everything. He's running. He's swimming. He's have eating. you seen this, Jeremy? Yeah, eating tacos. I have no idea what you oh, guys are It's wild. It's You'll great. have to put a link to this on the Encore page. Yeah, that's a good idea. We did a concert. It was the same year as the, during the Summer Olympics. Yeah, so it probably was 2012. Yeah, and we did right? all Olympic music. So we did, Aaron recorded this video where he's like great. doing... <laughs> He's like running down A1A. But he wakes up. It starts with the alarm clock. Right. And he smashes it to pieces because he doesn't want to wake up. He keeps hitting snooze over and over again. Finally gets upset, smashes it, wakes up. 
And, it's his and, hair ready. Yeah, and the next thing you know, he's out the door. Right, he's running down A1A, yeah. he stops at Taco City, <laughs> drinks like, you know. He swims in the river. 15. <laughs> yeah, he swims in the river. <laughs> Colleen, like, is standing there oh, with her trombone. Right on the river's a, water right, edge. Him, <laughs> so silly. Gives him a towel. It is so classic. Uh-huh. And then he... Um, and then he's like in the park, and then your kids were just little then. Yeah, they were. And he little. like steals this bottle of water. Which one did he steal the water Ooh, from? I don't remember. I think Micah, right, maybe. Right, steals a bottle of water. He gives Hannah a flower, I think. And then knocks him over. Knocks him over and knocks keeps running. Over. Yeah. Why not take him over and say hi? Yeah, yeah, they're here. Yeah, why don't you bring him in? All right, so who do we have here? Hannah. Hi, Hannah. So we were talking off the air about how your mom is like your teacher, you know, for homeschooling. Is she a good teacher? Yes. Yeah. What are you working on today? I see you over at the, you're over at the table, you know, working on one of your assignments. What are you working on today? Coloring. Oh, coloring. Oh, okay. coloring. That's important yeah. for kindergarten. Yeah. But that's just fun oh, stuff. So I like coloring so like, at my age. I color all the time. So you're like kindergarten age? I'm six. Six? So that's older than kindergarten, isn't it? Well, she just turned six, so oh, that's okay. usually five when you start. Oh, so you'll then... be old for your grade. No, she actually will probably be pretty young because her she just turned six. Oh, so you'll be young so for your grade. She's one of yeah, now not Micah's... not the youngest, but well, he was the oldest, but we actually skipped first grade with him. Oh, so he'll be young. He'll be young now. Yeah, age. it's good to be old for your age because then you get to drive before everybody else, and then yeah. you're cool. But it's good to be young for the then grade. You're smart. That, well, that there's, there's all kinds of debates about it. We waited at first because everybody said for boys, it's mm-hmm. you know great for them to be the oldest and the biggest and the strongest. But after he did kindergarten, it was like really easy for him. And I looked and the first grade stuff wasn't that much different. So we this year we did second grade instead of first grade and he's doing great. So what made you decide to, uh, you know, begin homeschooling? Because that's something Which our, I'm all for, by the way. I think yeah, it's a great that's something thing. I think our listeners would be really interested yeah. in. And that's something that we talk about, talked about off the air. What gave you the idea to, because it's really a, quite a commitment. Oh, yeah. It's a big commitment. But just like any job, you know, it's a commitment and you're going to have good days and bad days. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I love my children and they're so young still. And the thought of just having them be in school like all day and then have to come home and do homework and cook dinner and all this stuff. It just seemed like our life would be really hectic. So it's really nice uh, that we're able to be home and homeschool and we can do field trips whenever we want. We can go to Disney during the week and not, you know, stand in really long lines. Not that that's a reason to homeschool, but it's a benefit of, of homeschooling. Well, they would have um, to write a report though, right? If they want to. We, yeah. Well, they're young for reports still, yeah. but uh, we try to make any field trip, you know, some kind of learning experience. Not just going to Disney for fun. Like when we went to Epcot, you know, they have the things you can stamp in the countries and we can read about the countries, check oh, books out from the library. Wow, that's great. Yeah, but, so uh, it makes it come to life. Yeah. They're not just reading it, they're experiencing it yeah. somewhat. Um, and, you that's know, there's true. there's all kinds of curriculums. I think some people think homeschooling, you know, you just kind of teach your kids whatever you want. And, uh, I mean, you can, I guess, if you wanted to. But we use a curriculum, you know, that has this day is lesson one. Get out this flashcard. Get out this book. Say this. Do this. Um, and it makes it really easy for people that haven't taught before. So I could teach music without a curriculum, but teaching my kids how to read, I want to make sure I have something that's been tried and true. Right, because we were talking about that off the air. There's a lot of curriculums, There's tons of curriculums, probably thousands if you actually started Googling and searching. So it was a pretty tough uh, choice. Well, yes and no. Um, I am teaching them the same thing I learned to read with. Because uh, when I, I had it for preschool and kindergarten, then when I went to public school, I was way ahead of all the other kids. Um, and then I also, my fir- very first job, I was teaching music at a small private school. 
and it was really small. I said, well, do you have anything else I can teach, you know, just to have more hours? And they said preschool. I said, oh, I got to think about that. You know, four-year-olds, that was a little scary. But it's the same curriculum they used also. Uh, so it's, it's good. That's great. So you a, don't good, just, a good uh, reading. Yeah, you don't just uh, do the homeschooling thing. You also teach. I teach lessons. I teach lessons. clarinet lessons and piano lessons. Um, and then I also oh, you go. Teach piano? Oh, I didn't know you taught piano. I don't have as many. Like before we had kids, mm-hmm. I would teach about 29 students a week, oh. mixed between clarinet and piano. But now, wow. you know, I have to cook dinner and, and do mom duties. So I have about maybe 12 ish students most of them are clarinet now but okay. there's a few piano is this old school they come to your place they and come got to a room my house you, yeah they, i have they a room oh, from the piano. we have uh-huh. another um, we have another guest here who wants to be on the mic <laughs> he doesn't want to be on the mic he wants a sprite he just wants a sprite right okay you can have uh, a he's a little more reserved than hannah he, you can have a sprite if you want to be on the mic uh, <laughs> oh that's true yeah come say hi come on you gotta say hi you gotta hi. say hi. Okay. <laughs> That's it. <All> right. Okay. ask you something? Being sure. a principal clarinetist, isn't it somewhere in your contractual agreement that you are not to play any other instrument in public? Is that why? Oh, that that's exactly it. <laughs> that's they, what they, I thought. They, they want to keep the integrity of the orchestra. Oh, yes, this this is how rumors get started. This is completely <laughs> Yes, we have a lot of contractual agreements, yes. That was yeah. a good question, that was though, a good wasn't question, it? Yeah. Yes. yes. Yes, I have a contractual agreement not to be seen playing saxophone in public. That's probably a good thing. Just so you know. <laughs> I, I had a legal issue not too long ago where I had to sign a legal uh, uh, document that said that I agreed that I would never sing in public. But um, that's, really? another, that's, <laughs> that's oh, another good, story. I have a good story about singing. So, okay, go. You know, you have to sing when you teach general music. Um, and it's not my strong suit at all. I can do it, but again, you're not, I'm not very confident. You know, so much so that when I had to take class voice in college, I taught the lesson instead of sang the song. Uh-huh. But when I turned 29, one of the girls that was at the school I was teaching, I think she was maybe in, I don't know, third or fourth grade at the time. She said, Mrs. Royals, you, this is your last year. You can audition for American Idol. And I just, that just made my day. I thought, man, if she thinks I sing well enough to go audition for American Idol, I must be doing something right. So did you audition? Heck no. <laughs> really? Really? I have to say, I, um, for whatever reason, I really like Luciano Pavarotti, and I thought, huh, nobody's around. And this is years ago. Anyway, I used to goof off, kind of thinking, you know, hey, I think I can hit some of these notes. And anyway, so one day, and this happened like maybe three years ago, I was just 
goofing around, singing some Luciano Pavarotti, and my brother flipped out. I'm just telling you, I'm one of these. Is that good? I'm one of the. Well, that's what he said. I'm one of these guys that sings in the car and in the shower. But not in the shower anymore. I've given that up. I sing Why, only in the car. Did you break the uh, the glass in the shower? Is that <laughs> you're like singing so high the whole thing? Like, I, like yes, crack? that is correct. Wow. But um, anyway, I, I like to try to sing myself, and you're doing um, and I've always kind of had this in the back of my mind. I'd love to audition. Anyway, when I get the when I get the nerve up one of these days, I think I might audition for Aaron. I just I might I might. You should do it. But it goes back to that whole discussion about is somebody naturally talented or is it that they spent the time in working? There's a book recently, Outliers, that whole uh, point of the book, Malcolm Gladwell said that all these people that we think of as fantastically talented, what they really have in common is they all put a certain critical amount of time into developing that skill. So you're mentioning Luciano Pavarotti. I actually recall years ago, Probably the best. I heard a couple of interviews with Pavarotti, although he didn't do that many that I am aware of. But in English, he did one with David Frost years ago. And David he, Frost. It was a great interview. I'll, I'm going to look it up now and see if I can find a link to it and put it up there. Uh, but one of the things that David Frost asked him about, you know, you, you know, you're this amazingly talented person. What's it like to have that much talent? And how much time do you practice? And uh, Luciano Pavarotti, already well into his 60s at this point, uh, said six hours. Hours a day he would practice. Well, wow. that's great. At that point. Which, which, what I loved about Pavarotti, obviously, there are lots of great opera singers, singers um, but the reason I love Pavarotti so much is that if you ever saw him in concert, contrast with other people, uh, Plasto Domingo, Jose Carrera, so you just name them. You know, of course, those are the three tenors I just named, but, but <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, but you, know, you would see a video and you'd see a typical opera singer that would come up and the, the symphony would be playing and they would be getting ready and you could see this change in their visage and they're just concentrating and they're getting ready and they would, you know, take in a big breath and just, you know, mechanically it would come out and it'd sound wonderful. But what Pavarotti always did is he just, he made it look effortless. He looked like he was kind of bouncing around on the stage. It looked like he wasn't even paying attention. And then the, the second that he was having to sing, he would turn his head to the microphone and it would just come out. You know, wow. and that, he was Perfect just pitch. wonderful. Just yeah. yeah. But that, but that's the secret. And you hear people in different disciplines talk about the fact that you know what the secret is being so good that you make it look like it's effortless. And that's what he did. But part of that is he had to practice four to six hours a day. That's great. What do you think about that, Jennifer? I would, I would love to have four to six hours a day to practice. Really? You'd love to have that luxury. Well, I, th- I think they were paying him to. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. You know, there's something very uh, kind of, it's a little sideline thing here, but I think it's really kind of wild. Um, Luciano Pavarotti was known as the lion, okay? So was Teddy Roosevelt. He was known as the lion of politics or, you know, back in his day. And I would like to take this time, if I could, to... One of our sponsors, the Brevard <laughs> Zoo. No. <laughs> That's, That's funny. I love that. Um, no. Honestly, I was watching uh, some video of this past concert of Earth, the Earth Odyssey. And Aaron, there's this one part where he just looks like he's roaring mm-hmm. at the orchestra. And, and ladies and gentlemen, that's a lot I would of like time. to say, I was gonna say, yeah, there's a lot of times opinion, in that piece. Yeah, and this is a great compliment. Aaron Collins is that lion. He's the lion. 
He is. Yes. He's, he's a, a beast. Well, I, no exaggeration. I think it's fair to say he is a young lion in terms of uh, uh, creating a symphony orchestra at such a young age. Uh, composer, a conductor. Uh, my hat's off to him. Yes. I, I'm, I feel mm. privileged to know the man. He's the third yes. lion. The third lion. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The third lion. The first lion, Teddy Roosevelt. The second lion, Luciano Pavarotti. And the third lion, dun, dun, Aaron, dun. Aaron Collins. <laughs> Couldn't say it better myself. Really? Well, why don't you yeah. go ahead and try? Pretty... Well, I'll, I'll start over. You take about 30 no, seconds. You can say it better myself. See if you He's can got his mouth full of a bite. I'm pretty proud of that. I'm That's pretty, pretty proud good. You just came up with it. I just I came up with it. Yeah. You know, it's time to uh, take a look at Symphony for Good to see where we're at and, um, you know, see, see how it's going. Eric? The Symphony for Good program has been going great. We've been getting a lot of donations. I've been going to the mailbox. There's been tons of envelopes in the mailbox. I love it. I really want to thank each and every one of you for all your donations. It really makes a huge difference to us. Sure, and it does. It makes a bigger difference than a lot of people think. I mean, uh, the big organization uh, in New York just uh, recently closed. What was that? Right, uh, New York City Opera. New York City Opera, okay. And then also uh, the Green Bay Wisconsin Symphony Orchestra closed down recently, home yeah. of the Green Bay Packers. And they didn't close because things are going great. They closed because it's an absolute struggle. In a lot of cases, it's it's next to impossible to keep these things um, going. And there's a lot of expense involved. So we really do appreciate every bit of support and help that we receive. And uh, the Symphony for Good is the program that you know where we focus on uh, on fundraising, and exactly. we appreciate the help. Exactly. Uh, one of the things I was talking about at the concerts, you know, some of that when I was growing up as a little urchin, you know, in Indiana, you know, I grew up on a farm, you know, there wasn't a symphony orchestra close by. Is this near Bloomington? No, it was in northern Indiana. The biggest town was, um, you know, Fort Wayne. A, you know, you had to pack a lunch yes. to go to Fort Wayne. <laughs> of course, you would have to say pack a lunch. Well, yeah, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then... I didn't get to see a real symphony orchestra till I was in college because, you know, we didn't have the money to go see, you know, the Fort Wayne Symphony. Sure. So that kind of leads us into symphony for everyone. Exactly. Our purpose is not to turn anyone away. If, um, you know, you can pay what you can and be able to see a symphony concert. You know, we don't want to turn anyone away. And also kids under 18 are free. So I don't think there's any orchestra that I know of doing either one of these type of things. So on the flip side, though, we do need your support. Sure. And um, we, we keep uh, the prices of the, of the tickets artificially low to begin with. Exactly. Right? Exactly. So I think, Jennifer, wouldn't you say, like, what's a typical, I mean, you can't see a real professional orchestra for uh, $20. I don't think so. No. I, mean, what I think you? at the high school, when the high school bands and orchestras do their concerts, I think it's about 12 Twelve dollars a ticket. All right, that's for um, high school. Yeah, and, and then, then the um, Indian River Symphonic Association. Yeah, I think depending on the group that's coming, those tickets are anywhere like forty on up. Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, our tickets should probably be at least double. Well, it could be. Yeah, I mean, and it's nice to have a portfolio of different options that you have. So, you know, we're not suggesting that we 
you know, are the singular choice. There are lots of choices, but the point is, in, the, in trying to offer a choice to, uh, you know, the audiences here, we put together Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. We uh, have symphony for everyone, as we talked about, to where if, you, you know, you can't afford a ticket, we can make it more affordable to you. We also put on a number of free concerts during the year. So really, Symphony for Good is about subsidizing all the free and discounted uh, performances that we do throughout the year. Exactly. Like at the end of June, we're going to be having the uh, patriotic extravaganza those are free concerts right those are free the holiday uh, concert series is free i mean yeah, it's there's uh, a lot of free stuff going on yeah and uh, it goes without saying 18 and under are free. Yeah, they get in free. I feel like I read somewhere they he changed it to 21, so college students or, could yeah, also get in free. Co- if you have like a Is college that it? You ID. need your college ID, yeah, and you then an you ID. can be 21 and under free. Right, you so can't be great. like you know working, yeah. a, you know working for a living and still <laughs> yeah. get. Yeah, uh, let's see if I can whip price. out my old college ID. I know. I confess, I kept mine and used it for maybe like two years after I graduated at the movie theater. So you to still get a student a student ticket price. I'm sure the statute of limitations has run out by now, so don't oh, worry yeah. about that. Oh, yeah. I think so. Jeremy's getting all legalistic on a statute right, of a, limitations. Yeah, he's uh, a fine American. So anyway, the point is, Symphony for Good, uh, we've been making nice uh, incremental uh, uh, increases in uh, our attainment. Uh, uh, we ask that you not forget about us. Continue if you haven't uh, uh, given something and uh, you can afford to and would like to, please do. And if you already have, you can donate again. Of course. That's right. There's no law that says you can't donate twice. We actually want you to donate twice. That's right. That's very, <laughs> very important. The Space Coast Symphony Orchestra would like to take this moment to say thank you to our many sponsors, helping fund classical music in the community, including the following. Center State Bank in Vero Beach. No matter what your banking needs, we can handle them personally and quickly with local decision making. Remember, Center State Bank. Just visit centerstatebank.com. Member FDIC. And now for something completely different. Guess what, Jennifer? Guess what time it is? Uh oh. Is it my favorite time? It's polka time. Polka time. Polka time. Yes, uh, our listeners may not be aware that uh, Jennifer and I play in a polka band. It's lots of fun. Yes. The Festspiele 5, it's um, two clarinets, trumpet, trombone, and tuba. I like a good polka. Yeah, it's fun. It's What's really awesome is my grandparents, when I was a kid, they had a player piano and have tons of piano rolls that I have now in my house. But my grandpa would play a lot of polkas, and some of them we've played, so it brings back fond memories of my childhood. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. We've been playing over at the World of Beer for, what, like four years now? I think now? so, four or over five. Over at the Avenue uh, Vieira. It's uh, it's a great place. We go, we're playing upstairs in the loft. If you've never been to the World of Beer, they have more beer than you can... Great, they, and we get free get, beer while we're playing. And, and piano rolls. Huh? And piano rolls? Oh, no. <laughs> free I have beer. piano rolls at home. Actually, for yeah. the, uh, the they call it the Wobtoberfest. They have um, like a grill out back where they have uh, bratwurst. Sauerkraut. Sauerkraut. Homemade oh, German, German potato, potato salad. salad. Oh, yes. it's so German good. Really good. So good. That's almost better than getting paid. Yeah, really. it's, re- <laughs> it's really good. When I was a kid, there was this next door neighbor to my grandmother that uh, his name was Irv. Irv. Oh, I had an anyway. Uncle Irv. Well, this guy was deaf. Okay. I mean, he could like hardly hear you. And yeah. for whatever reason, anyway, he had this old accordion uh, and he gave this old accordion to my brother and, and myself. Do you and still have it? No, I don't. Uh, no, we don't. Anyway, but he was Mr. Polka. 
I bet. Yeah, he was deaf. I think he went deaf listening to polka, the polka music. Yeah. Yeah. He stood too close to the tuba. <laughs> yeah, that will do it. Get too close to the tuba, the sound pressure just like, will kill you. He had one of those hats, you know, with the feathers. Yeah, yeah. yeah and we his have name those. Was yeah, we have those. Yeah, what yeah. are they called? They're like alpine hats. Alpine hats. Yeah, with the yeah. feather. Yeah, we have those. We're still looking for some lederhosen. Yeah, still looking for that. To we're complete so, our look. Later Lederhosen. Lederhosen. Yeah. Yeah. Still looking for that. Yeah. So. But I think we do have a have a polka clip, clip of the um, you, polka. of the clarinet polka. It's you and uh, I think th- this Kathy. is from 2014. Kathy McCreary. Kathy McCreary. She plays with us also with the Space Coast Symphony. So mm. you're gonna love it. The clarinet polka. time. That's a great polka, isn't it? The clarinet it polka. You guys, yes. you know, you got a lot of notes in that. You guys did a great there job. There are a lot of notes, but thankfully it's all like, you know, major arpeggios and it's not that hard. But, but don't tell anybody that. Are we on? Uh, I no, can it's terrible. It's, right? ter- no? it's really, yeah, yeah, it's really difficult. hard. We have to practice hours and hours and That's hours good. to play clarinet polka. That's right. It's, uh, it's a great piece and I knew our listeners would love it. And then um, we're kind of, you know, running out of time here, but... Um, there was another clip you wanted to put in. Chike six, Chike six. Chike six, right? Yeah. Chike six. It's a beautiful piece. Okay. There's yes. a really nice clarinet solo in it.
have a lot of you have a lot of solos. I mean, the I symphonic. Think we play a lot of yeah. There's always a lot of clarinet solos. Yeah, in the repertoire, there's a lot of clarinet solos. When Aaron and I were talking about clips, um, you know, our list was like quite long of good solos that I've had. Yeah. Uh, Chike Six is on it. Cuban or Richer, which we might cram that in if we can. Other ones that we didn't try to dig for were uh, Pines of Rome. Oh, yeah. Remember that? That mm -hmm. was a really nice, yeah. really nice. Rachmaninoff had nice stuff. Yeah. I think I think composers like clarinet, and I'm yeah. thankful because yeah, I get to play it all. Really like one, of the winds is really like one of the cornerstones. Yeah. Well, not that, that not that, uh, that in the oboe. not that we are saying that Aaron's vindictive, but he already mentioned on a previous show that. Uh, he uses pines as a weapon against other people who are playing loud music that he doesn't like in their car. He said he'll crank that up really loud. Oh, that's good, huh? That's a good way to do that it. Is, that's, that is a good way to oh, do it. Oh, man. Do it. Well, ladies and gentlemen. Are we out of time already? We're out of time. This that is was Bill fast. Trudeau. This is Jeremy Hickman. Uh, this is Eric Lee. This is Jennifer Royals. Saying we'll, we'll see you at the show. You've been listening to Maestros On Air, brought to you by the Space Coast Symphony Orchestra. Remember, you can support the symphony in many ways, including a visit to Maestros Cafe, located just inside the main entrance to the Brevard Central Library and Reference Center, 308 Forest Avenue, Cocoa, Florida. Maestro's Cafe serves a variety of coffee and other drinks, as well as breakfast and lunch selections, and is open most days from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., with extended hours on Tuesday and Thursday, closed Sunday. For more information about the symphony or upcoming concerts, like us on Facebook, or visit our webpage at spacecoastsymphony.org. And remember, as always, we'll see you at the show. A Peak Velocity production.